welcome to the River D Centre podcast. Listen back to the Sunday worship message recorded live in our church building in Flint, North Wales. Psalm 33 says, he breathed out the stars. He breathed out the stars. Now, he created me and you. Created us to be perfect. But if we look at ourselves, are we perfect? Do we live perfect lives? Do we? No, we don't. So I'm going to put my neck on the line here. I'm going to ask the couples a question. Oh, Kevin Tracy first. The Boswells. Let's go for these. So, Tracy, is Kev perfect? Kev, is Tracy perfect? <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe simp from time to time. Get angry. Do you angry? Sometimes. That's why I moved out. Let's ask the pastors. Jane, is Steve perfect? Jane, is Jane perfect? <laughs> Do you get angry? Do I, dare, do I dare say this? Do you sin from time to time? Because we are not perfect. We are all a work in progress. There's not Rachel, but I'm looking for. <laughs> no, but we can always rely on God and a Saviour who is perfect in every way. Perfect in every way. It's not only to the scripture, but also the Romans 3 verse 3 says, For we have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So on one hand, we have a God who is perfect in every way. And on the other hand, we have a world full of imperfect, sinful people. So this is the reason God sent his beloved son to earth to be our Lord and Saviour, our Redeemer. To remove our sins, to make us white, washed white. We sing songs, haven't we? Thank you for the true blood that Jesus applied. He died because it's part of God's plan. He died so we could have eternal life. We're thankful for that. He died so we could have eternal life. So let's look at the question again. Why did Jesus have to die? Why couldn't God say, all's forgiven? That's it. I've done all's forgiven, I've forgiven you. That's it. Because God is absolutely righteous. He always does what's right. But God was faced with a difficult problem. Now, he loves us. He wants to save us. He must do it in a way that satisfies him and satisfies his righteousness. He has to do it in a way that satisfies him. But the four facts to this problem which God faced. Now, we have sinned. We therefore should be punished. God loves us and wants to save us. God cannot be unrighteous. The only way to solve this problem is to send Jesus in our place. What a problem God faced. No, having to give up his son. Can you imagine that as a parent giving up your child to die? No, it was an amazing act of love. Now, how would we react to that problem, having to give up our children? What a thought, what a... It's unthinkable, isn't it? Now, in this day, we face many problems, worries, everyday living, 
our image, finance, relationships, problems that seem out of control. But in these, in these moments and problems, we need to remember God's problem. The problem God faced when he said, Jesus died for me and for you. God's ultimate sacrifice we need to remember. When we go through all these problems, these problems can be solved. Let's give it to God. The Bible tells us in John 10, 17 to 18, it says, The reason my father loves me is that I lay my life down only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. Jesus is willing to lay down his life and take the punishment that we deserve. And this reminds me when I was in uh, school. You remember the old projectors with the old sheet thing you put them on there? One day me and my mates, we decided, okay, oh, we'll, we'll play with this projector. And actually, we broke it. Well, that day, we had a football match. It's like a rival between two schools. And um, the teacher came back in. I was, who's broken this? And we were all quiet. He goes, what's going to happen now? If it doesn't own up, you're all staying in. You're not playing football. So, oh, what are we going to do here? And there's a lad in school who's, who's always naughty, always in the headmaster's office. He said, it was me. He took the blame so we could play football. No, he took the blame for me. Oh, my mates. He wasn't bothered. He was always in trouble. It's like a, like a normal thing for him. But he took the blame for punishment that we deserved. And this reminds me of Jesus, you know. He took our sin. He took the blame he took the punishment on that cross in Calvary. He took our shame. He took our sin, our punishment on that cross. We look at Jesus' sacrifice. It's a pivotal event in God's plan to save humanity. Now, Jesus foretold the fact he would be lifted up in crucifixion. Look in John 3.16, in scripture. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the key bit. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his son to save the world. He sent his son to save us in this broken, broken world. You need to look outside and what's happening in Ukraine now. The same God here, the same God in Ukraine. He can work a miracle. He's a miracle worker. Keep praying for Ukraine. God will make a way. Now, Jesus' sacrifice is the central message of the New Testament Passover. Now, the apostles recognized this. They recognized it. And how important it was to remember Jesus' sacrifice. Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 24, says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he was given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That's why we took communion for, as an act of remembrance of what Jesus did for me and for you. The bread, his body, his juice, his blood. We need to remember what Jesus did. Jesus' sacrifice was a supreme act of love for humanity. A momentous step in God's plan. Our Saviour had died in a way to mercifully forgive our sins but while maintaining the integrity of his law. So Jesus died, but God also had to maintain the integrity of his law. Now, 
Again, it reminds me when I was younger and the guys who have children, you know, children bake things all the time, don't they? Plates. Harry's always breaking things. You know, but we won't ask them to replace them, would we? We won't ask them to, you're paying for that because you broke a plate. We won't deal with me. No, as parents, we won't demand that thing to be replaced. They were asked to pay the price for the broken, damaged item. We won't punish them. We do the opposite, won't we? They forgive them, so it's okay, it's only a glass, it's only a plate. We would forgive them. And this is what Jesus did for me and for you. He forgave us. We deserve the punishment, but He took it. We are the children, and God is the loving parent. We are sinners. And Jesus paid the price for it. He absorbed our sin through death. We were saved by God's amazing grace. Saved by grace. When we look at the Jesus' death on the cross, it's known as atonement. When I look at that word atone, it's to amend, to reconcile. It's an action to make things right. Atonement is the way God prepared the broken relationship between humanity and himself. It was like glue stuck us back together. We were broken when we but Jesus stuck us back together. God put us back together. But why did it have to be this way? First of all, we need to understand who God is and who we are in him and our relationship with him. So looking back, um, after creation, the world was perfect, wasn't it? The first humans, Adam and Eve, living normal in the Garden of Eden. Everything was perfect for a while. Then comes the fall of man. Genesis 3, verse 1 to 5 says, and some of perfect when he said this thing, Now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it, or you will die. You will certainly not die, the servant said to the woman. But God knows that you will eat from you in your eyes, you will be open. Your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent lied to Adam and Eve. He had tricked Adam and Eve. He did the one thing that God told him not to do. In that moment, sin ended. Everything changed. Everything changed. Sin is the wickedness of each one of them. It causes us to rebel against God. Sin forced Adam and Eve out of the garden. They were separated from God. When we sin, that's what we do. We separate ourselves from God. No. Look at the Old Testament. God told his people to set aside a day of atonement to make sacrifices for their sins. They were able to bring animals as a sin offering. Innocent, blemish-free animals for their sins. Leviticus 4, verse 3 says, If the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, he must bring to the Lord a young bull without defect as a sin offering. A sin he has committed. Can you imagine if you sin, you have to bring your dog as <laughs> a sin offering. 
I have to worry more. Nothing's going to get my dog. It's not going to be But it's true, isn't it? Then, you know, actually, it's a sin offering. It's, it's, it's a horrible thought, isn't it? It's a horrible thought. But that's what it's all to do. No. But this, this gives temporary measure. The animal wasn't permanent. It was temporary. No, the death of animal was temporary. And merely doing this could not truly remove the sin from the world. So what did he do? God sent Jesus. The animal wasn't purely enough to be the perfect, spotless, and permanent replacement for our sins. Adam and Eve's disobedience brought sin to the world. But Jesus' perfect obedience brought forgiveness for God is not like us. He is perfect and holy, completely loving and completely just. Isaiah 50, 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your my ways, declares the Lord. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God is perfect, holy, completely loving and completely just. Like I mentioned before, we are sinners. We deserve separation from God. But he loves us and he made a way to bring us into his presence for eternity. He made a way. Without the, without the atoning sacrament of Jesus, we will be without, without hope, without forgiveness. Without Jesus, we wouldn't have a hope. We wouldn't have been forgiven. Where would we be? But the act of love that God gave to send Jesus, we could be free and to live in hope. Now, we did not nothing to earn forgiveness. We everything to deserve punishment and judgment. No. Jesus did not die because we were worthy of it, but because of God's love and mercy. Jesus died so we can have hope in our lives. The word of God tells us this. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Give us a hope and a future. Now we look at the Jesus crucifixion and his death. There's a piece of scripture that really stands out. And it's John 19, 20-30. It says, Later knowing that everything had not been finished, and so the scripture would be fulfilled. He said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so he soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk and a hyssop plant, and lifted up to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, he said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now in verse 30, it says, It is finished. But what was finished? In the last words that came out of Jesus' mouth, It is finished. What was finished? Jesus did not just give up. No. He wrote the words of defeat. Jesus spoke the words, it's finished, because he is announcing our victory. He's announcing our salvation. Our debts are paid forever. It is finished. We're saved. Our debts are paid. Victory is ours. Now, with his last, last breath, the Lord announced to us, the victory we have in him. Him and only him. Debts our sins gone forever. Jesus died to give us victory. To give us new life. To give us a second chance. Thank you.
for giving me a second chance. He paid our debt with his perfect life, his perfect obedience. He paid his debt, his innocence, innocent death. He didn't have to die. But God said, a son for us. Now, as I was preparing this um, message for this morning, God gave me the word, a uh, substitute. And the guys who know football, obviously when the players get weary or they get injured, tired, you get substituted. No. And it was, it's replaced someone's more better to do their job. No. This is what Jesus did to us. He substituted. No. He took our sin, our shame, our burdens, and substituted for us. Swapped. The word substitute means to swap, to replace. He willingly took punishment and death. He substitutes life for our lives. Second Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you look at Jesus' death, it also tells us how to live, how to live our lives. 1 Peter 2 verse 21 says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. I'll read that again. Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow his steps. And the life of Christ should be our example. I totally understand that, you know, most people would not assume the death of Jesus is an example. You know, that's what Peter is saying in the scripture. Jesus suffered and died and left us an example to follow how we live our lives. But the question is, how can we follow the example of Jesus? We've heard the saying, haven't we? The big shoes to fill. Big, big shoes to fill. That's what we're called to do. and live a life that reflects Jesus and God in every way. That example is, is key. Now, the Bible says that look at his life, we have to be holy as he was holy, pure as he was pure, gentle as he was gentle, wise as he was wise, Humble as he was humble, obedient to God as he was obedient to God. Be willing to serve as he served. Now Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Now, we have to be free from this world. Now, don't follow the way of the world, but be as free as he was free from the world. His life is a perfect example of the way that we should live. Would anyone disagree that Jesus' life was exemplary? He lived a life, an amazing life, you know. He did some amazing things. He saved, he healed, he was a wise teacher, he performed miracles, he was powerful. He was powerful. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lived in me. Now, by Jesus dying, it gives us a revelation of his character. It teaches us how to live. When we look at his death, we can see the significance of sin. It shows us that the Saviour that paid the price for our iniquity, he paid the ultimate price for the sin of the world. Look back in the scripture in 1 Peter. He did not die only for us, but example to us. So just to recap, just to recap, you know, 
why he left it out. It was God's plan to save humanity. He died as our substitute. He died to banish sin from the broken world. He died to remove mine from your sin. The poor, the punishment we deserve. He died to remove our debts, our pain, our burden, our chains of God. It was God's ultimate plan for me and for you. He died to give a victory. He died so we could be free. John 8 verse 36 says, So the Son sets free, and you are free indeed. When the Son sets free, you are free indeed. So just to finish, I'm going to uh, play a song. I may want to respond to what I've said from Steve and the guys in prophecy. Just respond to this. Give God thanks to Jesus, thanks for the price he paid. You know, one of the lines says, it says, Sing hallelujah, just thanks to the King, for he is worthy to receive all the worship we can bring. I'll say again, sing hallelujah to the King, for he is worthy to receive all the worship we can bring. Also, it's an open opportunity for prayer. Anybody wants prayer for anything? No, um, it's going to change it on. Free. So if anyone's getting his burdened, worried about something, healing, stronghold, Christ breaking, we will pray for you. Take the opportunity, like Ben said, take that step of faith. Need prayer. But ben, Steve and Jane are here, they'll pray, they'll pray for you. Please, please, please don't miss that opportunity. If anybody here wants to know more about this Jesus, please speak to one of us. Remember what Jesus did. Don't miss the opportunity. Thank you.